The following was recorded at the Seeking Peace Story Show, August 10th, 2017, at the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center in Albert Lee, Minnesota. Anne Austin is a rather eccentric person, though most who encounter her may not recognize this because she tries really hard to appear normal. <laughs> she enjoys reading upside down, eating plants in nature that may be poisonous, and playing subtle jokes on people when inclined. She loves living in Albert Lee because she's been able to find some really peculiar people to spend time with who keep life interesting. If bored, she will turn into the human equivalent of a gremlin. So it's important that she stays active with things like the story show and trying to solve all of the world's problems. Peace in a Moment by Ann Austin. The title for my story tonight is loosely, ba loosely based on a book by the Dalai Lama, The Universe in a Single Atom. It's such a beautiful title. Though a Buddhist, the Dalai Lama has always held reverence for Christianity and the study of science. He has an amazing ability to simplify concepts into a meditation and reconcile issues the rest of the world is so divided on. Something as simple as the concept of peace. <clears throat> the first threat of violence I experienced was as a young child around the age of two or three. We lived in a small house in Princeton, Minnesota. I loved spending time outside watching ants and playing in the trees. One morning as I walked down our front sidewalk, I saw a little hornet on the ground injured and in need of help. I reached down to pick him up and heard my boyfriend from next door shout out, stop, as he barreled over on his tricycle to crush it. In shock, I looked at him. He said, it was going to sting you. I ran to the house, and just like a classic Hitchcock thriller, the screen door was covered in hornets. It took all my bravery to open the door and run inside. Safe. Fear sets quickly in the heart. It took until I was a young adult, gardening alongside little bee and hornet friends to appreciate them. I've always found peace in nature. Being around trees and plants and working um, in the soil calmed me. If I'm not outside on a regular basis grounding myself, I get agitated and overstimulated. Human beings are so exhausting. <laughs> I lost one of my good friends to a drunk driver in the eighth grade. Her name was Charity. She was vivacious and bullheaded and strong and had the best laugh. I would stay in her ice house in the winter and we would name stars for ourselves and snowmobile until our extremities froze. She introduced me to yellow raspberries and we would kill fireflies so we could steal their glow to smear in our bodies. She was somewhat of a bad influence on me, but I loved her. Counselors sat with us at school and we drew pictures on big posters and shared stories of her. I went to her wake with some friends. I had seen my grandparents in caskets, motionless, but this was different. She still looked so alive. How could she be so unanimated? I expected her to sit up laughing maniacally as she did, but there was nothing. It was also wrong. I left to sit outside. No one knew I was gone. I didn't want them to. It was late fall and the cold hurt my lungs, but it felt good. I wasn't numb. I could feel how far the air reached into my bronchioli. I felt alive and grateful to be alive and to have loved her. In that moment of solitude, I felt peace. 
Later on, I found out Charity's parents forgave the man. I had mixed emotions, but I knew it was right. Though he caused them great pain, it was worse to live in anger. And he was already dealing with demons of his own. We can never escape the darkness within, but we can learn to live with it and forgive. I went to Norway during a study abroad program the fall of my senior year. It was partly to get away from a boy, who I later married and now have two lovely little girls with. <laughs> he still drives me to do dramatic things at times. Norway was a dream. It was beautiful and something was so familiar about the air. The water healed me when I drank from a stream. Shortly after we arrived, 9-11 happened. We were in class in the morning when our teacher told us. We stayed in class because it wasn't a good idea to cancel for the day, since going home would mean we would probably be alone. I was invited that evening by my Norwegian roommates to watch footage of the towers collapsing, but I couldn't do it. I saw glimpses on their television, but it seemed wrong to sit and watch. It was surreal and hard to be so far away from home. <clears throat> I questioned if everything I loved still existed, and if it did, how long they would be around. I wondered if I would ever return home again. On a journey to Flom, which is approximately two hours west of Oslo by train, we stopped in a place called Myrdal. On the train ride, I watched the landscape fly by, somewhat numb. It seemed so pointless to be part of a world de determined to destroy itself. I walked along a small path toward the distant mountains. I had to stop at a point because I was overcome by a compulsion one that was so honest and raw that I scared myself. I believed if I took another step, I would not stop, but instead continue on to a rocky outcrop in the distance, to live alone or perish, but to finally be free. I had a choice to make in that moment, to run away or stay in this world and try to fix things. I stayed and still keep a picture of Myrtle on my desk, a reminder of the commitment I made. I knew in my heart and my soul and my mind it wouldn't be easy, but I found peace in that moment. My favorite meditation is from the Tao Te Ching. Empty your mind of all thoughts. Let your heart be at peace. Watch the turmoil of beings, but contemplate their return. Each separate being in the universe returns to the common source. Returning to the source is serenity. If you don't realize the source, you stumble on confusion and sorrow. When you realize where you come from, you naturally become tolerant, disinterested, amused, kind-hearted as a grandmother, dignified as a king. Immersed in the wonder of the Tao, you can deal with whatever life brings you. And when death comes, you are ready. I carried the little book with me every day in my back pocket during one of the hardest periods of my life, when I felt small stabs of fear every day. I read that passage again and again. There is no threat of physical harm, but constant questioning of the basis of my existence and a personal philosophy I'd carefully built up over years of struggle to stay present in a world that is so painful. I had devoted myself to make things better, but I realized I was still so weak and affected by others. I internalized my frustrations and it ate away at my soul. I struggled with anxiety daily and could not sleep at night, constantly judging myself for what I did and did not do. Each time I read those words, they provided a small glimmer of light and peace in a moment. And through the guidance of one of my closest friends, I found the courage to speak my truth. And that is when everything changed. 
Sometimes it is hard to find peace in the middle of chaos we can't control. Feeling suffocated by the weight of the world and the heavy hearts of the people around us. But sometimes it's easy to stop, take a deep breath, and look, really look at the world as it is. To recognize our great capacity to love and the small and bright glimmer of hope that appears on the horizon if we choose to keep following our path. I had a dream once that I was looking out over a grassy field. It was gray, almost dusty. I noticed a small fold of something by my foot and peeled it up to see a world golden and lovely. I stepped out into that world and felt infinite peace. Sometimes when I'm with my family or in a particularly inspiring meeting or just driving around town, I see glimpses of that world and I have hope. The Seeking Peace Story Show is produced by Riley Worth and me, Jeremy Corey Greenis. To hear more, check out our Facebook page and the Story Show podcast. Our intro and outro music was composed by Jasper Corey Flatto. 